0: Uh, Good morning, friends. I'm so grateful to have all of you here. Let's pray before we start this morning. Gracious God, there are some weeks where it feels like the bad news just doesn't end, that we hear of those young and vulnerable who are at risk for health concerns uh, every day of the week. And we know, God, that you are bigger and greater than that, and that even our most heavy things Lord, are not ignored by you, but we ask God for healing uh, for each in our community, in our extended community who need it. We ask that you would step in and intervene and offer a great respite and a great healing. Uh, we trust that you are in our midst this morning and that you will lead us in the way that we should go. Help us to hear the truth of your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today begins the second half of the first month of the year. It's already been two weeks of January down, which to me seems a bit impossible. Most of us have taken down our Christmas decorations, removed the lights outside our homes. Not me, but other people. And you find places to keep your new books on your shelf or your socks in your drawer. The literal and metaphorical light of God, the coming into the world, has started to fade a little. The winter and spring sort of stretch on in front of us, and we resume our somewhat normal scheduling. But because of that, we might begin to feel the weight of our normal days, what it means to have an ordinary week. We might see it in the lives of other people and in ourselves, our own smallness when compared to the reality of the world around us and it might be easy to forget God's power in comparison to our great need. It's easy to return to regular scheduled programming and allow the message of God to tune out again, allowing the grip of other powers, influences, and challenges to creep in. The writer of Psalm 2 knew this feeling too well, and wrote to tell the truth about God's reign and God's rule in the world, both as a promise And as a warning, we're going to read that together this morning, Psalm 2. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us he who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son and today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like the vessels of a potter. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear. With trembling, kiss his feet, or he will be angry, and you will perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are all who take refuge in him. The psalm writer speaks in this psalm about the worldly powers who are conspiring against God and against the one that God has called. This text is about considering humanity's desire for power, for authority, which is, of course, God's to distribute and the unthreatened nature of God's control. If we make the assumption that David is writing this particular psalm, then these conspirators, we can imagine, are external as well as internal. The external would be things like the other nations nearby, the Philistines with whom David has been tussling since before he was a grown man. They tried time and time again to gain control over Israel and to prove the rightness of their gods, the might of their army against Israel. The powers in the text might be other nearby neighbors who are jealous of Israel's success. Israel is still, in the large scheme of things, a small nation and vulnerable in the midst of other groups. And so it's easy to look on them in jealousy and say, we could use that land for our people. These are these external powers. Maybe these are even um, like uh, extreme religious devotees who have a vendetta against the nation, against the king, because they want to prove their God is right, their God is best, not some king, some God, Yahweh. Some of these powers that the psalmist refers to might be internal, though too, prevailing forces in our world, David's own children who try to take his throne time and time again, David's own actions against Bathsheba and Uriah, David's seeming inability to parent his children very well or to choose good and wise leaders to work alongside him. No matter who wrote the psalm, they would themselves have had similar threats, Similar challenges, similar powers of the world seeking to conspire against God and against their work with God. And we know that to be true because you see it in your life. The worldly powers around us constantly trying to take power that is God's alone. This might be obvious ones like governments and other nations, any kind of organization or institution, something more structured, but even internal issues of division within Christian communities. In each situation, we see there is an attempt to take power from God to determine for themselves what is right, what is wrong, how to live and act, how to reward and punish. Sometimes we see these powers in the impulse of sin in our own lives, this prevailing force within us when we are driven by greed, when we ourselves become prideful, when we are envious, when our thinking is unkind and uncharitable, when we care only about how we are living and what we can do to get ahead. Each of these is a method to gain power, to plot against God's actions, to try to rule in the seat of God. The psalmist has good news for us, however, and that news is very straightforward and clear. God's power cannot be taken away, cannot be usurped, cannot be stolen, cannot be plotted against. God alone gives power and holds it. No one else can force God to give it up. This means that God's power And favor and love remain with the anointed king that we hear of in the psalm. This might be the actual king, maybe David in this case, or an image of whoever's in charge at the moment, a metaphorical king, or perhaps the king that was yet to come, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. God's power, favor, and love remain with God's people, wherever they are and whoever they are. If David wrote the psalm, he definitely did not know the challenges that Israel would see, the challenges that were yet to come for the people of God. But even those who would have written this in the exile or after it did not yet know the challenges that were ahead for the people of God. But God's power is guaranteed, even when it functions in our lives more as a threat than a promise. God's power, favor, and love remain in God's hands. Not given to or stolen by false idols, not even offered to deceiving spirits, but in God's control. And for the writer of the psalm, this is a comfort. No matter what challenges the psalmist themselves feel, no matter how attacked or threatened their world is, they can be confident that the true power always resides with God. And so also it is with us. As we reflect on the world, our internal challenges, and the power of sin, as well as the external things that seek to force power against us, we see that the psalmist proclaims God's power stays in God's hands. God's power remains with Jesus even after death when it seems that evil had won in every category. Instead, Jesus was resurrected in power because they could not take it from him. God's power remains with God's people, inside of church buildings and in places far from them, with all who seek and believe and live as the righteous people of God. God's power remains with us, God's beloved children offered for our use when we submit ourselves to God to bring righteousness and justice and peace into the world. Power is God's. God's to give, God's to take away. And no created thing can resist the rule of God. We can reject the powers of this world, no matter what kind of powers they are, for the comforting truth of God's true power. All fa- false powers will be defeated. During the final days of Jesus' life, when he's brought before Pilate, And he's questioned by him, and Pilate is the political and social head of this community and had much greater influence than the religious leaders who sought Jesus' death. And after Jesus gives some cryptic questions to Pilate's frankly strange questions that he asks him, Pilate tells the religious leaders that he doesn't think Jesus needs to be killed. But the people are stirred up, and the leaders are stirred up, and they say, crucify him, crucify him. After Jesus receives a beating that I think Pilate hopes will satisfy the crowds, he brings him back in and he's frustrated with Jesus' lack of response and respect. And he says to him in John 19, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus' response demonstrates what we know to be true from Psalm 2 when he says, You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Jesus knows in this moment that any power Pilate holds is only because God has given it to him to accomplish God's will in the world. For we who believe this psalm has a beautiful and important message, we can receive comfort knowing that nothing has true power except for God. There is nothing that can contest God's power. No other nation, no national or global war, no political power, and certainly no politicians. No law, no serious weather events, no supply chain issues, no health concerns, no financial recession, no individual boss or company or manager, no hard-nosed teacher, no heavy-handed partner. All of these things may seek power, may appear to be in charge, but there is only one power, and any power possessed beside it is false. Everything comes back to God, power in God's hands. This doesn't mean that we don't feel the crush of it, but the influence of these dark powers, these evil things, these false things... Do not affect us because we know that they do. But we should return to the truth that all things that hold any power are still within God's power because God is the only one who can truly hold it, and God is not threatened by any of them. So, as we learn how to take refuge in God's power as our source of security. I would like for us to take a minute and consider what threats you feel most acutely in your life. What powers are most threatening to you? As we read through the psalm and talked about this, and as we heard the cry of the psalmist, what in your life stood out to you as a place where false power is threatening to break in? Where do you know the pain of inappropriate power used against you. I'm going to give us a moment of silence where I would like for you to consider where that threat is in your life and when you have identified that take a moment to pray and affirm God's power instead. So we'll take just a moment to do that. My friends, you will face false powers this week. They will be in your homes, in your workplaces, sometimes in your heart. Those who seek to take power from the hands of God. Meet those false powers with the truth of God's power. And may that affirmation give you rest and respite from every threat around you. You've been listening to me, Pastor Kana Moore, at Hayes Christian Church. Hayes Christian Church is a non-denominational fellowship in Hayes, Kansas. We are supported by the generosity of our members, attenders, and friends. The financial support we raise goes to projects which further spread the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus, to those local, national, and international missions, and they help keep these podcasts free. If you would like to share a monetary gift with us, please visit our website at hayeschristianchurch.org and click on the Donate button. Or you may mail your gift to P.O. Box 1111, Hayes, Kansas 67601. If you have any questions, comments, or would like more information, we would love to hear from you. Simply go to our website and click on the Contact Us form. Thank you for your generosity, and may God bless you as you seek to follow Him.